Welcome back to the Friday edition of the WRSU Crew. I'm Eddie Kalegi. Well, this Saturday night, our next guest will be part of the inaugural WRSU Hall of Fame induction class. His name is synonymous with the radio industry, enjoying a career-spanning decades highlighted by a nearly 30-year run as program director of WFAN, the nation's premier sports talk radio station. It's great to welcome Mark Chernoff back to WRSU. Mark, thanks for joining us here and taking the time on the WRSU crew. You are very welcome, Ed. I started my uh, radio career at WRSU back in the fall of 1970 in the WRSU Sports Department. It's been a long time, Mark, and it's great to have you back. And I'm curious, you mentioned the 70s. What are some of your fondest memories from your time as a student here at WRSU and at Rutgers? (laughs) Uh, Well, some of them I can't repeat, but um, really my favorite thing of being at Rutgers was working at RSU. Um, I was one of these little kids who used to sleep with what they called transistor radios under my pillow. And when I got to Rutgers, um, I was uh, about a week into being a freshman. And um, there was a a call and there were some notes put out, some billboards about, hey, if you'd like to join WRSU, come to some meeting at the Rutgers Student Center. It was only a year before where RSU moved into the Student Center. They had been down the road at College Avenue in, in an old facility until um, the year before I started. So I came in for a meeting. Now, I also, I have to tell you, I really wanted to be a disc jockey at that point, but I love sports. And it seemed to me, and I guess I was right, the easiest way to get involved with the radio station was to be in the sports department because I knew a lot about sports. And a guy named Jack Burkham was the sports director. And I guess my interviews went well enough that um, he uh, allowed me to be on the radio station. And um, I spent the better part of my four years, probably a lot more time at RSU than I did in classrooms, I have to tell you. <laughs> but um, I uh, was doing five-minute sportscasts. I eventually joined the news department. I eventually became a DJ. I um, uh did play-by-play for Rutgers basketball, Rutgers football, and also we used to do baseball games as well in the spring. And I just had a blast. Made most of my friends through the radio station, have lifelong friends still from those days at RSU. And um, it was just, for me, it was, it was just the place to be and the thing to do. Yeah, and while time has passed, I mean, it's it's st- I, I feel the same way and echo a lot of those feelings, too. A lot of the friends I've met here at Rutgers have come from my time at WRSU, and you mentioned working on the air and working in the sports department, but after that time at WRSU, you got a taste of professional media, you worked on the air a little bit, but when did you realize that you wanted to work in management rather than on the air? Well, I... Worked at a small station up in Newton, New Jersey, WNNJ, and also their FM. And then I got a job at WDHA, um, which is, uh, at the time, they were located on Route 10 in Randolph. Now they're um, situated in um, uh, Mar- in, um, in Cedar Knoll. But anyway, um, I, was the, um, I got hired by Bob Thomas. Now, Bob Thomas was an RSU veteran. And he's the one who put me on the air doing music shifts. And he was just a fabulous program director. But um, I got a job with Bob at DHA. 
I was doing middays. When, when Bob got out of radio at the time, I was given the program director job. I had also been the program director at WNNJ while I had been on the air as well. But at DHA, I was the morning man uh, after doing middays for another six and a half, seven years and the program director. And I was what you would call an adequate disc jockey. I did a decent show. I was pretty good. But I didn't think my future was going to be as a DJ. Um, I was also doing some play-by-play for our AM station, WNPR, um, and that was fun. And, and being a jock was fun, but when I got a job at WNEWFM, which at the time was a rock station um, in New York City, it's still around, it's a different format now, um, I kind of gave up being on the air. Um, but the program director, his name was Charlie Kendall, still wanted me to do air shifts, and I had fun doing it, but I felt I was going to be more successful and had a better opportunity if I stayed in management. So that's what I did. I was at NEW for about five years, program director, moved over to K-Rock for uh, another four and a half, five years. Uh, Mel Carmazan, who was um, running Infinity Broadcasting, and Joel Hollander, who was the uh, now the, uh, uh, the general manager of WFAN, kind of asked me about coming over to FAN because they knew I loved sports and to run the radio station. And I turned him down for about a year. And finally, uh, when, when Mel finally said, I think it really would be a good idea if you did it, and I loved sports, um, that's how I moved over to FAN. I did some moonlighting within the company of, you know, helping out with some of their rock stations. Eventually became um, the uh, sports format captain for Infinity, for CBS, and then uh, for Entercom, which is now Odyssey. Um, so I got to supervise um, the other sports stations we had in the company. But I just loved being a program director. And to me, working with talent, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun. I, 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 at the time, I, I didn't want to do sports talk myself. I loved sports talk and I loved listening to it. But I didn't want to have myself being yelled and screamed at um, as a sports talk host. So I said, best thing for me is uh, to, to be in management, and um, for close to 29 years, I was the program director at WFAN. And you yeah, mentioned get, to getting to work hand-to-hand and face-to-face with some of these really talented uh, radio hosts, Howard Stern, Don Imus, Mike and the Mad Dog, just to name a few. I'm curious, what were the biggest challenges for you running a radio station when some of your personalities on the air sometimes were a bit larger than life? Well, to me, it was fine. Um, Why not have the biggest air talent you can possibly have? Um, And my goal was um, to be as much help to them as I could be, rather than say, you do this and you do that. Listen, if it came down to it, who was more important to the company? Mike and the Mad Dog, Don Imus, Howard Stern, or Mark Chernoff? And the answer was, all of those other names besides Mark Chernoff (laughs) were more important to the success of the radio station. But for me, whatever I could do to be of help, um, to be there, to go to reruns when, you know, I, we had Imus on the road um, for many years as the show was syndicated. And um, I made every road trip uh, minus one in, in the um, 14 years that we worked together. Um, and with Howard Stern, you know, when, when there were shows on the road, you know, I, I, I was there to help out. 
Um, I just love I love working with these talented people, and I learned a lot from them. Um, you know, and I realized, you know, you follow a format, but you don't always have to follow the format. You probably, if you've listened to Stern through the years when he was on uh, commercial radio, or not commercial radio, but regular over-the-air radio, he would do, you know, 14-minute stop sets occasionally, but listeners didn't go away. So was I going to say, oh, no, Howard, we have to break every 13 minutes, you have to do this? No, he was successful. He did it his way. Don Imus was successful. He did it his way. Mike and Chris, they did it the same way as well. Now, when I was working with younger or newer talent, uh, the idea was, hey, let's follow the format, and if it needs to be broken at times, well, let's make sure that we know what we're doing. And if a long interview is important at some certain point in time, then we'll make up the commercials another time. You know, there's a real balance as a manager. But um, I always enjoyed working with the talent at, at all of the stations that I worked at, which really weren't that many. Um, but I, I enjoyed working with talent a whole lot. And thinking about the way WFAN, there were some consistent talent like Mike and the Mad Dog, but a lot of turnover as well over the years. And you mentioned how you didn't have to stay the same all the time, but it felt like there was always like a consistent sound on the station at times. You always knew what to expect on the station. So from that leadership role, uh, what is most important during that time in maintaining really a consistency of not just the sound, but also the success as being one of the top sports radio stations in the country for that long period of time? Well, what I learned in the music uh, world was, as, and this is Scott Muni who said this to me, and I'm not sure you know who Scott is. He passed away a number of years ago, but he was a longtime, you know, you know big-time music distract. He had WNEWFM. Before that, he had been at WABC in a station uh, called WORFM, among others. And he always said, a hit is a hit is a hit. And the same thing applies to sports radio in that whatever topic A is, Everybody should be talking about topic A, and that was the important thing. Now, New York um, is a little different than other markets in the sense that look at all the pro teams we have. You know, we have two baseball teams. We have two football teams. We have three hockey teams. We have two NBA teams. You know, there's soccer. There's, you know, assorted other stuff. But you have to know what the main sports topic was, and again, in football season, it could be Jets and Giants, it could be Yankees and Mets in baseball, and you have to keep people on track to know that, that that's what's important, and, you know, by playing the hits and not, you know, straying too far, people are going to be listening. You know, there are things to do, managing minute to minute, you know, and, and, and knowing that, uh, you know, hosts are passionate in what they deliver. That they're that they're that they're smart. Um, for many years, I worked with uh, a guy named Eric Spitz, and one of my closest friends. And he is now over at Sirius XM. And he came up with something called the Poke Theory. And now you say, what does that mean? Passion, opinion, knowledge, and entertainment. If a sports talent, or really in any format, has those four attributes, they are going to be successful. Missing them, one of them you know, you'll be a little less successful. To me, passion is the most important thing for a host to have. And that's something that I always look for. Joe Beningo, passionate. Evan Roberts, passionate. Mike and Chris, no doubt about it. You know, and I missed who really didn't do sports was a passionate radio guy. Howard didn't do sports, 
but Howard was as passionate as anybody could be about what he was doing. Steve Summers, passionate. You know, I could, you know, I, I can name people from you know now until tomorrow that, that I work with, but passion was so important that that was the overriding factor. And Mark, now as time has passed, of course, the radio landscape has changed a little bit. Things have gone much more digital. And I'm curious your perspective on this with all these competing digital platforms and things moving to the internet and everybody's competing for listeners. Podcasts are such a big deal now. How does radio sort of best position itself going forwards? Well, one thing that uh, local radio has, especially in sports, and to some degree in news talk and even news, is that we provide stuff for listeners who are also passionate. So whatever the platform is, whether you're listening on a smart smart speaker, whether you're listening on an actual radio, whether you're listening on your computer, on your phone, it's important that you know, you're delivering what people want to hear because if you do that, people will listen. And yes, the platforms themselves have changed. The thing about podcasting that I found that I didn't like as much is that the word podcasting used to just be uh, when something original was created and it wasn't put up on the radio. It's unfortunately become, oh, did you hear such and such a podcast? And all it is is a replay of somebody's show. To me, that's not the same thing. That's not what a podcast is. To me, a podcast is when it's something that's original out there, something that you can't find on the radio for whatever the reason. Maybe it's somebody doing much longer interviews or a, a topic that you may not get to on the radio. But there's a way to marry both of them, the podcasting and the radio. But again, if we're passionate, and I sometimes realize that as, as important local is, not every radio station across the country can afford to have local programming 24-7. So national programming can be important and play a role as well, especially late nights, overnights, and weekends. That was the reason we created CBS Sports Radio, um, to help some of our own radio stations and others that needed the programming. But, you know, if you can be local from 5 or 6 in the morning until 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night um, and have the hosts who are passionate, people will find them. It doesn't matter what the platform is. It's still radio. And again, I realize not everybody sits there with a Bose radio or whatever the brand of radio is that they have, and, and or a headphone radio. I still have my Sony Walkman, believe it or not. Um, and I still listen sometimes to them late at night with my wife, like wondering what I'm doing, staying up that late, listening to radio stations from all over the place. I'm very passionate about radio, and I realize the landscape has changed. Advertising is a lot more difficult. COVID certainly brought new challenges to everybody and, and people coming in to do stuff live. But I am a believer that if radio is done properly and talent is nurtured and they can prove that they're passionate, know what they're talking about and know how to entertain, then radio in that larger form can be very successful and podcast as a separate entity can also be successful. Well, since this is the sports radio show here on WRSU, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention your son, because for people who are baseball fans, you hear the name Chernoff, you might think of the Cleveland Guardians general manager, your son, Mike, and he went into sports like you, but in this completely different facet. And as a father, getting to see your son kind of calling the shots for 
a major league baseball team has to make you pretty proud. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. Um, he played, you know, from Little League on. Uh, he went to Princeton. He was captain of the baseball team there. But he realized that he wasn't going to be a pro player. He was smart. He got an internship um, summer after he graduated school with the then Indians, now Guardians. They liked him a lot, offered him a full-time job, and he has grown you know, to become the general manager. And, and here's what I say about baseball and Mike. My wife, who was an amazing teacher and even had uh, uh, Mike and, and his older brother Brian, our other son, in class, basically she taught him everything. However, I taught him to take on 3-0. and I just want that to be known. <laughs> so last <laughs> question I've got for you. Uh, so I do sports on the air, but I'm also going to be the WRSU program director this upcoming school year. So I'm curious from one program director to another who's just starting out, what advice you might have for me? I know WRSU, WFAN, the scales are a little different, but if you have any uh, words, you could pass my way. Yes. Make sure you listen. Um, one thing as a program director that I always like to do is when I would, let's say, be in the car or out of the office, I tried to listen both as a listener and as a program director. So I have different opinions. When I'm listening as the program director, I'm making notes, what's good, what's not good, stuff like that. And we did air check sessions. But when I was listening as a listener, if something really sucked, then I turned the radio off and went to another radio station. And I'd always remember that. And I would tell the host, listen to yourself. Don't just have me, the program director, or others listen to your own show and then come you come back and tell me what you thought was good and bad about your own show because I think people learned a lot you know by doing that more than just you know taking my two cents or someone else's two cents because sometimes people aren't actually listening even though they think they're listening but I think they learned a lot by listening themselves and then hey what did you like about your own show and sometimes someone would say to me oh I couldn't listen I said, well, if you couldn't listen, would you expect someone else to be listening to your show? I think comments like that uh, hit home. But be a listener and and be a listener both to um, what they're doing on the air and be a listener. You know, you may not be friends, friends with everybody, but be supportive and, and, and be as helpful as you can. And sometimes just say, what is it you need from me? Um, and I, and I think that will go a long way for you. Well, Mark Chernoff, you'll be back tomorrow for the 75th anniversary celebration. You'll even be DJing for a couple of hours here on WRSU, but really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time and joining us here on the WRSU crew. Ed, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward, and I'm very humbled by the uh, induction into the uh, Hall of Fame and some of the other people, including my uh, old program director, Bob Thomas. I'm very excited for him so and all the others. But thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.